I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. friends and welcome back to the Sacktown Royalty Show. I am your host, Tony Zipteris, and joining me on the podcast this week, Kings season ticket holder and recurring guest slash friend of the show, Jill Edge. Jill, it's been a few months since we last spoke. The Kings regular season is here. They're two and three. They're playing uh, wildly better than I could have ever expected at this point in the season. And while I expect another shoe to drop here at some point and things to fall off and guys who are playing well to start uh playing poorly because that's how the king's season always goes um i'm gonna certainly enjoy the good basketball and the optimism while we have it so i'm excited to record a podcast with you today and talk some kings so let's get right to it how are you good yeah thank you for having me on again fresh off a win i'm doing good <laughs> yeah, second night of a back-to-back, the Kings defeated the uh, Memphis Grizzlies 97-92 on Wednesday. Kind of a, a slower game considering the pace and speed and crazy scoring we've seen out of the Kings through the first uh, four games before that. But I don't know. I'll talk about my thoughts on the Kings early this season after you go, but I think everyone's kind of optimistic and happy with how the Kings have played thus far. Jill, what have you liked? Yeah, I mean, especially if you consider that we have we have the third hardest schedule so far mm-hmm. um, and being how young we are and still growing, uh, being two and three, we've pretty much shown that our defense isn't really there, but because we're young and we can run, that if we can do that for the full game consistently, that we almost tire essentially the other team out and uh, were able to uh, get that grit kind of, uh, kind of win. And it was nice to see, especially yesterday uh, being that, you know, it was back and forth and then they were down for a good part of the game. But the fact that, you know, they, that didn't disrupt their confidence or anything like that. I mean, they kept, they kept playing and I'm sure it helped being at home and having the fans there and, things like that. But it was just nice to see the young guys that even when things weren't always going their way, that, that they've been able to bounce back like that. We haven't really seen that recently. So um, yeah, it's really nice to see Um, Bagley. We can however, for sure seeing that second jump that they're talking about. We didn't really get to see it in summer league, but now that you're seeing it, um, wow. Yeah. You know exactly what, what was being um, highlighted definitely uh, during the draft process and all that. And uh, to me, he said, I mean, the bright spot, I wasn't sure what we were going to get out of it. I mean, it's only four games, but um, that's gone really well. And then been really happy with uh, how the two signings have played as well. Um, And Yogi um, has been able to come in and provide good backup for Fox, especially while uh, Bogey's been out as well. And then uh, Bielitsa, who I was a big cheerleader for during free agency. Um, it's nice to see him kind of come out and do uh, and show what he was capable of when he played over in Europe. 
And that was one of his big things when he was with the Timberwolves is he didn't feel like he was being utilized to his best ability. Um, and we're kind of seeing him being utilized right now really well. So it'll be interesting to see if that keeps continuing. But so far, I mean, that's, that's been a great signing for the price. And then um, Fox, I mean, geez, uh, I, we, I know we were all hoping for that bump up in his second year, but he has surpassed anything that I was hoping to see through the first four games. And especially with how well he's running this team. I mean, and yesterday in the fourth, he just took over the game. And it's nice to see because we haven't really had anybody like that since DeMarcus left. We haven't had anyone that was demanding the ball, saying, I, I want it during this time, and uh, I want to actually close it out. So it was really refreshing to see that. And then um, Harry Giles, I'm surprised, but I'm not really surprised. I think a lot of people forget that, I mean, these are his first, what, five games in the league um, since, what, almost two years? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he weighs a good 50 pounds less than what is it? The top, almost the top five centers in the league that he's had to go against. And his size is nowhere near, um, what it needs to be yet, but that's understandable too, because he has been rehabbing and he hasn't been able to have these off seasons like a normal player would that's been healthy. And so, um, I think people might be frustrated maybe just because of all the hype that, that has been put on him so far where if that hadn't happened and this is just a young guy coming back from a two-year injury in his first five games in, would people be so shocked or frustrated? Probably not. But I feel bad for the guy. I mean, you look at him and it, nobody is feeling worse right now than he is. And you could see he wants it so bad. And that yeah, almost sure. could be part of the issue too if he's trying to do too much. But you still see flashes of what he can do too. I mean, he's getting good shots. If they just start falling, his basketball IQ is still there. You're seeing the the flashy passes at times. Um, but I also think it's hard too him having to go in with Bagley and you're having two young guys, again, having to face Adams, Gasol, um, Jokic, uh, AD. I, I mean, <laughs> Gobert, <laughs> like those are your first five. That's, that's a tough pill for, you know, just everyday guys in the league, let alone, you know, people coming in with your first five games of the season. So, but overall, I've been extremely impressed and um, very optimistic to this point. Yeah, like you said with um, with Giles, who who is struggling, he's been going up against the, these gigantic centers that even you know the Kings' biggest sized center in Willie Cauley Stein is struggling to keep off the glass or out of the paint. And Dave right. Baker said in training camp that he was using. Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles in different positions. And if you kind of read into that a little bit further, you could tell that Dave Yeager was viewing Harry Giles as a backup center, and he was viewing Marvin Bagley as, like, that power forward or, or even sometimes out on the perimeter at small forward, like we've seen. Right. <laughs> Not very effective this year. We've seen it a little bit. But boxing Giles into that center position, I think, is contributing to the struggles. And like you said, he's, ta- he's being very hard on himself, you can tell, on the court. And last night was the first time where like I was watching him play and it seemed like, all right, this guy is looks pretty frustrated with how he's playing right now. So, you know, I'm not too worried about him just yet. Of course, it's very early. And like, and like you said, you know, he hasn't had a full offseason after playing to know what he needs to work on. So hopefully he's learning a lot in this kind of rough starting stretch. But 
aside from Giles kind of not playing how we thought he might, considering how good he looked in Summer League and in the preseason, so many guys are living up to the hype or uh, at least playing at expectations, but most of them are exceeding expectations, like you mentioned with Aaron Fox. We're only five games in, but if these are the kind of numbers and production the Kings are going to get all year from guys like Fox and Buddy and Willie Cauley-Stein and Marvin Bagley and Bielitsa and Yogi Ferrell, I mean, those are that's the top of the Kings' rotation right now, and they are all playing either where you would expect them to or, in most cases, above where you would expect them to, which is a huge sign of good things for the Kings. And you're seeing... Like, the national media starting to pick up on it, and the word they're using for the Kings is frisky. Like, the Kings are pretty frisky right now, and that's a good way to put it, because they've been in most of these games with the top of the Western Conference. They've won two out of three for a beginning schedule that we all saw, like, before the season started and thought this could easily be a 2-8 and start or worse. And they're 2-3. and You know, Oklahoma City win might look a little inflated, because at the time we thought they were really good they're 0-3 right now so they're you know kind of in a rut so maybe you don't say at that point the Kings had beaten like a top of the Western Conference uh, yeah team. and it was and it but, was West Westbrook's first game sure, back too yeah. so that I mean that always takes a but yeah even still the schedule is going to break in your favor sometimes and it's going to not break in your favor yep. other times and for for what the Kings have done I, like you can't you can't look at this and and be uh unhappy with what the Kings have done so far <laughs> Agree, and I've been really impressed with what Dave has done. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I know a lot of us were unsure if he'd ever be able to to run a fast paced team, and I mean, he's proven us all wrong, at least so far. So, I mean, yeah, I've been really impressed, and I and I haven't had a big issue with his rotations as much. Mm-hmm. The first game, yes, but I mean, since then, it's it's not a, a glaring issue, at least at this point. It will be interesting to see what happens when Bogey comes back, mm-hmm. how that how that alters. That's the other thing, too, because you know, we talked about how good players have looked so far. But if you if you really want to look at this with an optimistic lens, you've got Bogdan Bogdanovich coming back here relatively shortly, who, in my opinion, was the best player on the team last year. So you're adding a very good player at the biggest position of need right now, which is kind of small forward out on the wing. Um, so that's, you know, that kind of increases the Kings potential that much more. And then also you got, I got like Harry Giles, who we've talked about his potential so much. I don't expect him to struggle all year like this. So there's a little spot where the Kings could theoretically get better. And for as much as Dave Yeager has done to increase the pace that this team has played at, and for as well as the Kings have done a, a bunch of other things that we'll talk about that I kind of didn't expect them to do this well, this early in the year, they still aren't shooting a ton of three pointers. The three-point percentage is really high like it was last year, but they haven't figured out a way to add more threes into their offense. So I guess that's my way of saying that while the Kings are 2-3 and three and playing really well, if you're a really optimistic Kings fan with Bogdan coming back, Giles maybe improving, and those three-point shot attempts going up, there is still room for this team to get better. Has anything outside of Giles been disappointing to you? Not really. I, I mean, being that these guys are young, you have your frustrations with Justin Jackson, but yeah. he's also had some, he put together a couple of good games as well. Um, so that was nice, but I mean, that's kind of everyone piling on him. But um, I mean, I, I really can't be upset at a team's restart with, the, with our schedule with the teams that we've had to play so far. 
especially running a new system. I mean, even Willie, he's just been more than more than I thought so far. And I don't, I'm scared because in a sense, I don't know if it's just the, this is a contract year or if he's finally figured it out. I mean, I guess that would be my really only, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say pessimistic, but it's, I'm yeah. still kind of leery about it. That mm-hmm. is, is this really, is this really going to happen? And it, and if that's the case, are we going to try and trade him where at his, his value, I guess would be at its highest right now, or are, are they serious about how and seeing how he fits long run with the team? Because right now he does look really, he fits really well. But but that's what scares me is paying him that money long term. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep keep watching Willie Cully's dime. He's he scares me too. It's like I'm watching like a like a Jenga tower that's like about to fall over. Like I'm just I'm trying to keep Willie Cully Stein up. Like I don't know where this season is gonna go for him through five games. It's been awesome. But Willie Cully Stein has had stretches like this in the past, so I'm just I'm waiting for that to fall. I'm waiting for Willie Cully Stein to crash down back down to earth. He hasn't done it yet. I mean, the guy's averaging 16.5 points, giving a seven seven and a half rebounds. Um, and he's battling up against those centers we've talked about, Stephen Adams, Marc Gasol, uh, Rudy Gobert. He's not necessarily outplaying them, but he is competing with them and almost making that matchup even, which is something we could not have said about Willie Cauley-Stein and the elite centers in this league last year. So, you know, he had such an impressive offseason in terms of his workouts, at least what he told us, he made it very clear uh, very often that he was working very hard this summer. And it's nice to see at least through five games that it hasn't been all talk. But I would also agree with you in Justin Jackson as being kind of the other point of disappointment, I guess, only because he doesn't seem uh, much improved over last year. And I kind of, I kind of liked what Justin Jackson did in his rookie year in that I could see a player that you could having your rotation as a wing if he could just figure out that three-point shot like that was the one thing he needed to figure out and add during the summer and at least mm-hmm. through five games it's still the thing that's holding him back I know last night in Memphis there was that one corner three the Kings were either down or just barely had the lead at that point or they were mounting their comeback and Justin Jackson had this wide open three in the corner and it hit the the inside of the rim and the backboard it was so yep. off and to his credit, he came back down a few minutes later and hit one of those corner threes. But it was still one of those corner threes that when you're a team coming off the second night of a back-to-back, you're trying to get this home win, you're mounting this comeback, you're almost there, you're almost past Memphis, and you've got this wide-open three from your wing. This is what wings need to do in the NBA in 2018. Wings have got to be able to hit that corner three. And Justin Jackson, in the time where you needed him to, to make a play like that, he was just wildly, wildly off. And it just, that was when it hit me. It was like, man, this guy just doesn't, that corner three, that spot right. where he needs is just not there yet. And he hit one later. So, you know, you can just chalk that up to yeah. it being a bad shot. But he has missed those wide open corner threes a lot, even still in this, uh, well, this season. Yeah. And I always had more of an issue with it. When you miss that bad, you know, you can tell yeah. usually when it's that far off. And instead of like running after the ball right after he shot it, we kind of put his head down like, damn, like there's, there goes another one. And it was funny because even Grant was like, go after the ball. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, like, I mean, you could just tell he gave up on it. But my, and my biggest thing with him too is when the shot hasn't been there, 
then fill up your stat sheet in other ways. And last night, I thought he did a good job of that. I think he had, what, seven or eight rebounds? Yeah, Maybe right. a little bit more. So he found other ways to actually contribute. And that's my biggest thing with him right now, that if, if that's not falling, then show up on the defensive end and get rebounds. Like, show it somewhere else. Um, because if we're going to be playing you that many minutes, you got you got to show up somewhere. And he's logging a ton of minutes. He's at twenty eight and a half per game so far. Um, but he has a, he's had a couple nights in the high thirties. And Jaeger's playing him kind of out of necessity. I do think Dave Jaeger likes Justin Jackson for whatever reason. He's complimented mm-hmm. him many times in the past, despite not showing up in the stat sheet. So there's something that Justin Jackson does that Dave Jaeger really values. And he, like I said, he's playing a ton of minutes, but. He's got to put something in the box score. And for a while, he hasn't. You're right, last night, to his credit against Memphis, he did hit the glass. Um, and he, his offense did kind of come around towards the end of the game. He started hitting a few shots. So I'm not totally yeah. out on Justin Jackson, like I know a lot of people are. But it has not been... For the opportunity that he's getting right now with Bogdanovich out, he has not grabbed that opportunity and, and made it seem like he's a player that the Kings need to play moving forward. And I would say the same thing for Scal here, right. who hasn't had as much opportunity as Justin Jackson, but when Scal has had that opportunity, I just haven't seen a whole lot out of him that makes me think that the Kings need to find him minutes in the, the front yeah. board logjam. One thing I do hope to see is when Bogey does come back is, we saw this a lot last year, that when Willie was struggling, and they were on the floor together, he put him in such good position that when he comes back, I really hope that they do give him minutes with Harry and and see if you can turn something around using that or even putting uh, Bielitsa with him. I mean, putting another high IQ guy down there with him and try just putting him in better positions to see if that somehow you know, increases the confidence or increases his production of play. But I just, we saw that a lot last year between Willie and Bogey. So, I mean, I'm curious if you could get that same result with him and uh, Harry Giles. We've talked about uh, what the starting lineup is going to be all summer long. And Dave Yeager has gone with, for the most part, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and either Iman Shumpert or Yogi Ferrell as that, Bogdan Bogdanovich replacement for now mm-hmm. with Nemanja Bialica and Willie Colley-Stein. How do you feel about that starting lineup in theory, and how do you feel about how they've played so far? I think the starting lineup makes sense, um, and, and I've been happy with it, especially with uh, Iman, his last couple games. Um, he showed that, you know, he was getting his game legs back under him too and looked night and day, you know, the last two games compared to the first one. Um, so that's been nice to see. And I, I think Belly and Willie have a good pairing going right now. Um, I'd be interested to see um, more Bagley with Willie to see how that looks as well. Um, if they still are contemplating, you know, Willie as a long-term piece, I'd be interested to see more of them two together because that would eventually be, you know, a big piece of your core going forward. Um but I do think it'll help once again when Bogey comes back because when we don't have Fox or Heald on the floor, the numbers are drastic. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't have, it seems to me when we don't have one of those guys on the floor, we, we've seen that our bench can kind of fall apart or um, 
besides Bagley, there really hasn't been a huge scoring threat, especially when JJ's shot isn't falling. Um, so I think that's the only thing that maybe kind of has hurt is by having to play, um, you know, Yogi Ferrell, Buddy, and um, Fox all together, that that kind of leaves holes in the bench, you know, until until you can get Bogey back. That I think that's really the only downfall. But the starters production, I've been really impressed with, especially if I to get that from the court. Yeah, the starting lineup is not my favorite, only because I would like to see Marvin Bagley in there. I think he's played well enough. I think at this point right now, Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Marvin Bagley have been the four best kings. And I like when the best players are playing the most minutes and starting the game and getting your team off on the right foot. Um, so while I would prefer having Bagley in there, I can only complain so much, and I'm really not complaining at all, because the starters have played well. And if the unit's playing well, then despite, you know, I really want Marvin Bagley in the starting lineup, but I can understand why Jaeger hasn't switched it yet, especially when that switch would likely be putting Nemanja Bielitsa off on the bench. And Bielitsa has played fantastic on offense. On defense, he's had some struggles, depending on who he's, been, who's, who he's had to guard. When he's out on the perimeter, he's getting beat quite a bit. I know Joe Ingles beat him off the dribble, like, several times in that first game against <laughs> Utah. Yeah. But the thing that makes me really realize how well Bielitsa is playing is that I want to see all the bigs play with Bielitsa. Like, I think about Willie Cauley-Stein, and I want to see him with Bielitsa. I want to see Marvin Bagley with Bielitsa. Right. And I think Bielitsa would help Harry Giles, too, because Bielitsa's got a little bit more um, beef on him, and he can maybe bang with some of the bigger centers where Giles is, is a little too skinny to handle, like Stephen Adams and, yeah. and Rudy Gobert and those guys. So I understand why Jaeger has been hesitant to remove Bielitsa from the starting lineup, because I also want to see Bielitsa play with all of the rest of the front court. But I do think at some point here soon, Marvin Bagley should get rewarded for his hard play. And Jaeger said it after the, um, was it the Pelicans game? Where Jaeger credited Bagley for how hard he played in that, you know, he's just, he's a guy that doesn't matter where his minutes come from. He's going to go out there and play 100%. And I think the Kings, I think the Kings should reward something like that, especially when you consider the fact that he's the number two pick. They have a lot invested in him. A lot of the rookies who are playing well around the league, you look at Trey Young and Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson last night, DeAndre Ayton, all those guys are starting. Bagley's the only one that isn't. And while that isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things, because he is playing more than Bielitsa, he's playing a few more minutes a game than Bielitsa. Um, he's only a few minutes behind Willie Cauley-Stein, so he is getting his playing time. But if I was in my own perfect world and nitpicking with what Dave Yeager's done so far, who I do think Dave Yeager's done a, a very good job this year overall, um, I would probably start Marvin Bagley, but I, I can see why he hasn't just yet, at least while the team is still playing well. I mean, and he has shown that he can hold his own against, you know, top five of the top bigs in the league. So, I mean, it's been really impressive to see. I'm hopeful. I'm just hopeful that Dave Yeager, when Bogdanovich comes back, that Dave Yeager does not move Buddy Heald to the bench. I know a lot of people want Buddy Heald to move to the bench. I think it might have been Grant Napier, but if it wasn't, I apologize. I think Grant actually said that he thinks Buddy will move to the bench when Bogdanovich comes back. It could have been somebody else, but it was someone with that kind of insider information who, who said that he does think Buddy Heald will be the one moving to the bench. And that kind of disappointed me. I think Buddy has proven through the first five games that he can produce as a starter because there was some discussion over the offseason where Buddy Heald was better off the bench or in the starting unit because last year he was better off the bench. 
but I think Buddy has done right. enough to kind of tell me that this guy deserves a longer look as a starting guard in the NBA. And I just hope the move is move Bogdanovich in to that small forward spot, um, let Shumpert and Yogi Ferrell play off the bench. Whoever you want to play off there is fine with me. And uh, move forward with Fox, Buddy, and Bogdanovich out on the perimeter. And, you know, I don't know which way Dave Eaker is going to go, but I hope when Bogdanovich comes back, that's the direction. Our our best guess is <laughs> it's whatever he's going to do. Right. It, yeah, so I didn't no give it time. figuring Dave yeah. Eaker out. Has there been anything surprising to you? I know kind of all of this is in some way surprising, but has there any been any one player, one skill somebody's shown that you didn't expect or something the team is doing that you thought, hey, this is kind of, I didn't see this coming? Yeah, I, I would say overall the the kind of grittiness that the team has had in um, continuing to stay in games or even when they have been ahead, that they've kind of weathered the, the storm of, you know, the run that the other team makes, but they, they've been able to, to keep it going. And so, far, I mean, for being young guys, that's been really, really impressive for me so far that, again, that they've been able to weather the storms and then the grittiness to, to get back in games and, and you can see they're they're learning to try and how how to close out a game. I mean, and not make the stupid mistakes at the end. Prime example last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but we see that, and that's and that's usually an issue when it comes to young guys. So, um, but I just hope to keep seeing that kind of, I mean, to use Memphis terms, that grit and grind that that we've seen through the first five games. But I think that's been me the most impressive part so far is that they've been able to stay together and uh and keep going coming into the year we all hoped dave yeager would increase the pace because if you look at the roster this is a team that should push the ball and run so while i i am surprised that the kings have gone from the bottom of the league in pace to at the top of the league in pace i'm not shocked because that is how they should play but coming into the year, I thought that there was no chance that this team would be able to get to the free throw line because they just don't have players that attack the rim, or, or at least they didn't. And that's why, you know, part of the dialogue all summer was, how do we get this team to play fast and take more threes? Because those are the two things we know this offense can do. They have played fast. They haven't increased their three-point frequency like we talked about already. But what they have done surprisingly well to me is get to the free throw line, which I, you know... In my wildest optimism coming into the year, I never thought they'd be sitting third in the NBA in free throw attempts. Um, De'Aaron Fox is getting to the line. I, I tweeted it out this morning because I was looking up at the numbers and it, it surprised me that Fox is getting fouled on 21% of his shot attempts and Marvin Bagley is getting fouled on 19.5% of his shot attempts. And that's top, top, top of the league for both those position, positions. So you have a guy in De'Aaron Fox who's getting a ton of respect from the officials in year two at point guard. And Marvin Bagley, your second overall pick in year one, five years into his career, who's getting the kind of respect from the officials of the elite, elite bigs in the NBA getting to the free throw line on 19.2% of his shots, which is just, I mean, that's that's how you make your offense efficient. And the Kings are doing it. And if I had to point at one thing and say, hey, this is something the Kings are doing way better than I ever expected. And it doesn't kind of seem like a fluke. Like all this is happening within the flow of the game. The Kings have put an emphasis on attacking. And the Kings look like a team that's attacking. They're attacking, like De'Aaron Fox is attacking off the dribble. Marvin Bagley is attacking on the glass and attacking in the paint. And there has been no fear from this team going up against, like we said, those the biggest and best centers the NBA has to offer. 
and they're still getting to the line. They're still attacking the rim, and that's something that this team is has blown me away in their ability to do through the first five games. Yeah, that, that's that's a great point. Now we just need them to work on the on actually making the free throws. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> but that's the I mean, part. first step is actually getting there. That's that's huge. All right, Jill. Unless there's anything else you had left to add, I know you have to run. We can end the podcast there. I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to see how um, Fox does against John Wall. Um, oh, that'll be fun. That's like that year, Spider-Man. Last year, both the Spider-Man. Yeah, last year this was the the first game that they got booze of the season. So, oh, yeah. um, after that terrible first quarter, I think we had like seven points or something like that. So it was it was one of the first couple games of the season. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't totally shocking, but um, I'm interested to see how they come out against them. And I don't know. I think Beal might have come injured yesterday, but I'm not sure. Right, yeah. He did. Um, right. So we'll we'll see what happens. But, Opportunity but yeah, to get just to see if they, if they keep it going. Place will be going crazy if they get to 500. <laughs> yeah, oh, don't let the Kings get good. Do not let the Kings get good. All right, Jill, thanks for your time today. We'll talk to you uh, at some point in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I'll talk to you later. ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today.